welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. There, amen. Acts chapter 4 and verse 7, he says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, by what power, or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined, of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified whom God raised from the dead even by him doth this man stand here whole before you this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They thought they were unlearned because they didn't bow. They didn't stay silent. They were bold. When they saw they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 1 Timothy 3 and 16 and without, great, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in to glory. Amen. Amen. He told Timothy, without controversy, without debate, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. I want to preach for just a few moments here. I know we've taken some time to talk about missions, but I want to preach something I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. And I hope it's not too simple, uh, but I just want to preach on this thought. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Amen. Let's pray together right now. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your great anointing. Lord, we thank you for the, the songs and the psalms that has went forward of worship, for the anointed music and singing. Lord, how you were glorified through missions and giving. Lord, I pray right now that you would touch our heart, touch our understanding, oh God. May we have a greater revelation of you when we leave this place than when we first walked in. For Lord, we want you to be exalted. We want you to be glorified and you to be magnified. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Would you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise again? God, praise God. God bless you. You could be seated. Look at somebody and say, let me tell you 
who Jesus is. Amen. I, I want to begin because I, I, I don't think I'm going to preach that long this afternoon. I want to preach something. I do feel that the Lord has put in my spirit. Amen. But I, I want to say this from the beginning. I know that we believe in the oneness of the Godhead. Amen. It is it is without equivocation that, that we believe that. We don't back down from that. For it is the true word of the living God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. There's a lot of themes. There's a lot of messages we could preach. And from time to time, they need to be preached. But I think it is also important, amen, that we are not only a preaching church, but we are a truth preaching church. And we should never be ashamed to declare who Jesus is. Amen. Amen. We stand here today not boasting, but we stand here today with great humility that God has touched our understanding that we know the Godhead is not a mystery. But we know who Jesus is. Amen. His, his personage is not a mystery, but we know who God is, and we know that God is made manifest in the flesh. Praise God. In Acts chapter 4, we, we began reading in your text about, about Peter and how he and John uh, were taken into the high priest, and they were uh, there being uh, uh, questioned in, in kind of a, in a trial-type setting because a lame man had been healed at the gate beautiful amen isn't it just like the devil isn't it just like people that they don't care what you do until you start doing good I want you to think about that for a minute most people don't care what you do until you start doing good you see when you were an alcoholic they didn't care when, when you were smoking dope, they didn't care. When you were running around on, on, on your significant other, they didn't care. When you weren't paying your bills, they didn't care. But all of a sudden, Jesus gets a hold of your life, and now they got something to say. Now, all of a sudden, they're an expert on life, and they're an expert on the Word of God. Amen. Isn't it amazing that when you tried to stop drinking, they always brought you another six-pack? Isn't it amazing when you tried to stop doing drugs, they always had a fresh doobie in their pocket? Isn't it amazing when you tried to get out of the world and out of the clubs and out of the bars? Amen. They always had a two-for-one. Come with me. Amen. We're going to have a good time. Isn't it amazing that they always found a way to bring you back to what you were trying to get out of. You got out of one bad relationship after another but that didn't stop your friends from coming around and saying oh I've got somebody you need to meet and you know they were just as much a deadbeat as the one before but you were trying to get out and they were trying to pull you back. But isn't it amazing they will assist you in your effort of self corruption and, and self destruction but when you start moving toward God Ain't it just like people and the devil to come around to you and all of a sudden started offering you advice to help you not go too far in that direction? Oh, hallelujah. Hey, man, when you're at the bar and said, I really got to stop this, they said, the next round's on me. 
when you're at the party and say, I need to get home to my family, they said, oh no, one more song, just one more dance. But all of a sudden, you start giving your life to God and they start looking and saying, don't you think you go to church too much? Don't you think you're taking this Jesus stuff too seriously? They put your faith on trial and say, don't you think you're probably going a little bit to the extreme? I, I don't really think God requires all of that. I, I really don't think it takes all of that. And all of a sudden, the people that were puffing on a crack pipe 12 hours ago are not going to tell you how you ought to live for God. Somebody that can't get free from their own sin and shame is now all of a sudden a theologian and going to tell you what God requires and don't require of you. Amen. You got to be careful because the devil don't start messing with your life until you start doing things that affect the kingdom of hell. Oh, hallelujah. Let, let me say it like this. The devil don't care how much you dance in this church. The devil don't care how much you run the aisles and you can talk in tongues till you get a Chinese accent. The devil don't care about any of that. But I'll tell you what the devil does care about. If you go out there and you start evangelizing the sinner, you go out there and start teaching Bible studies, you go out there and start showing people that are lost that there is a, you go out there and start feeding the homeless. You start, you start helping the orphans and the widows and all of a sudden, you're going to get the ire of hell up because the devil don't care what you do in here. He just don't want you to do it out there. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The devil didn't care what they did in that upper room. He only got mad when it spilled out of the upper room. Amen. I don't read one scripture that while the Holy Ghost fell on the 120, that Satan got his ire up. But it was when they moved out of the upper room. And then they took it from the upper room. And they took it to the streets. And from the streets, they took it to the synagogue. The devil could have cared less what they did in the upper room. The devil could have cared less what they were doing up there but once they started moving into what he thought was his territory all of a sudden they couldn't take it anymore and there's a lame man laid by the gate beautiful that had been there his whole life begging for alms and all of a sudden Peter and John being full of the Holy Ghost begin to walk by him and they say silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee oh hallelujah Reach down, take him by the hands. The Bible says immediately his ankle bones began to receive strength. And he jumped up and he and he he went quietly into the temple. <laughs> testing out his new ankles and knees and legs. The Bible said he leaping up stood. I'm not even going to attempt it. Because I'll need a miracle after that. He leapt up. Oh, hallelujah. He left and he went leaping and praising into the temple. Let me say it like this. Something's wrong with us if we can only get the victory in the service. Oh, hallelujah. We need to reevaluate our worship situation if the only time we can do it is when it's a fast beat in here. We ought to come in. We ought to come
come in with a skip in our step. We ought to come in. The Bible said, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And enter. It didn't say wait for a countdown. It didn't say wait for the praise team to get it going. It said when you enter in, there already ought to be a praise in your voice. There ought to be a dance in your step. There ought to be a shout in you. There ought to be a thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It's got to start out there. It's got to start before you get in the doors. Bible said he left up and went in leaping and dancing. What a trip. Those people knew it was a lame man that come. They're looking at him. They recognize him. Same old raggedy old clothes he's always been wearing. Amen. I don't even think he had shoes on his feet. Why would you need shoes? Can't walk. And all of a sudden he goes leaping and, and, and dancing into the temple. That verse might have read a whole lot different if it said, and when he rose up, he quietly entered. And once he had entered to the courts, of the worship music, then he began to leap and dance. It might have read a little bit different because he waited to the appropriate religious notch in the service. Amen. You know, I mean, my Lord, don't dance during Amazing Grace. It's too slow. You know, you know don't get too excited uh, uh, during prayer. You know, that's prayer time. We're supposed to be sad. Don't, don't cry when the, the, the music is fast. Then we got to put everything in order. Not that I'm going to tell you what, when God works a miracle in your life, you ain't even near about going to wait on what anybody else thinks about it. You're going to do it right then. You're going to do it quick, fast, and in a hurry like grease lightning, most ricky tick. You're going to jump all up in it and say, God healed me here. God saved me here. God set me free right here. Come on, turn and tell somebody, I can't help what you do, but I can help what I do. Come on, tell somebody else, I can't help what you do. I can't help like how you praise him, but I can help how I praise him. I can't help where you think the door starts and where it ends, but I can. You, your worship may not begin until you get where Sister Tanya is, but mine, mine, look, God's been too good to me. Mine's got to start somewhere before that. Matter of fact, y'all might just need to hold the door open. I might just start dancing my way up the steps. Because if you've known what I've been through, if you only seen what God brought me out, and I'm not talking about just since sin, if you only seen what God brought me through this week alone, if you only know the junk I've already had to deal with this month, this year, this week, then you would, I know you're not going to understand why I act the way I act. So you just hold your little pretty praise in the corner when the time is appropriate. But some of us, we're going to get some ugly worship starting out there. And we're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. You just
Let me tell you who Jesus is. I'm not going to just tell you from the pulpit. I'm going to tell you from the floor. I'm going to tell you from the foyer. I'm going to tell you from the parking lot. He's been good to me. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. He's my king. He's my healer. He's my help. He's my refuge. Hallelujah. Turn around and tell three people, let me tell you who Jesus is. Amen. Let me tell you who Jesus is. The Bible says, the Bible says that they bring in, I mean, I'm going to tell people don't change. The more things change, the more people stay the same. It's the same type of folks. They didn't care what was happening up in the upper room. They just didn't want it happening on Main Street. And they really could have held off on what was happening on Main Street. Just don't bring it up in the temple. They were happy with their lame man. You're not careful. You'll learn to value too much the handicaps in your life. Because you'll just, you, rather than pray for deliverance from the crutch, you'll just lean on it more. You, you got to let God be able to walk up in that situation and turn it around. Arms, arms, silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I'm fixing to give you a double dose of it. What I do have, such I as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and be healed. And he takes off running and dancing in the church. I can't wait to see the day somebody gets the Holy Ghost at your connect group. Somebody gets baptized in your bathtub. And you can't hold them until they get in that door. As soon as they open the car door, they dance across the gravel. They dance up the... Now, pastor. Are you sure? Are you sure that it would really be of God? Well, you know, I would assume it would, but I'm not worried about people trying to figure out if it is or it isn't. You know, every time the fire of the Holy Ghost falls, you always got one wet blanket somewhere. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching truth. Amen. Because no church is exempt from it. No people are exempt from it. As soon as the Holy Ghost falls, you got some fire marshal sitting there with their, just writing it down. I don't know if this is of God or not. We're going to make sure. I don't like the way he says it. I don't like the way they speak in tongues. I don't like the way they do it. Like, you know what? Dip your head in a gasoline bucket and get ignited. I've had people tell me, Pastor, aren't you afraid of wildfire? Nope, we got enough wet blankets, so start putting it out. I can't tell you how many revivals I've preached. Without fail, every great revival, there was always somebody waiting for me after church. Are you sure that's of God? Are you sure? Well, last time I checked, devil wasn't delivering people from drugs I'm going to go with God I remember I remember preaching revival for uh, Bishop B.J. Hurst who's going on to be with the Lord in Kennewick, Washington and we were in this revival and, and you've heard my pastor 
Brother Hurst talk about in the early days of evangelizing. He was always getting phone calls, man. People were calling him all the time. What's wrong with that guy? He's crazy. I mean, just, I mean, he, he, you've heard him say it. I mean, he talks about it. I, he tells me about these phone calls now, and I just kind of bury my head going, oh, Lord, have mercy. What did I do? And I was preaching this revival in Kennewick, Washington, and uh, sitting on the back of the, uh, on the back road. See, I didn't have it all figured out. I just knew if God said it, I was going to say it. I didn't always have it. I mean, sometimes I shouldn't have said it, but I said it. I thought if God was going to tell me, then everybody needed to know, and sometimes everybody didn't need to know. I mean, I turned around people on the platform and started saying, you better stop looking at that pornography in front of the whole church. Amen. You know, I, I believe that uh, when the gifts of the Spirit start moving, you, you don't restrict it. Amen. I, I remember telling time I was preaching in Louisiana at a church, and I didn't know he was a board member. I said, if you don't stop sleeping with that woman, that ain't your wife. Well, I didn't know that everything God was telling me, I wasn't supposed to say. I was supposed to be discreet about, you know, slip up beside him and go, um, brother. You know, the other night, room 413, you shouldn't have been there with her. But it just, if God said it, it just went, there was no filter. And I was in, I was in Kennewick, there, uh, Bishop Hurst. B.J. Hurst is my pastor's father. There was a man on the back. I didn't know, I didn't know nothing I just, I, just, I just said, brother, if you will get out and dance right now like God has healed you, God is instantly going to cure those migraines you've had your whole life. He's going to heal them tonight. Well, that man jumped up like somebody shot him in the backside with rock salt. He, if you don't know what rock salt is, go Google it later. It hurts. I'm going to tell you. It won't kill you, but you'll wish you were dead. We used to, we used to have to... You shoot the stray dogs coming up wanting to get in the chicken coop. You shoot them with some rock salt. Hey, man, they'd yelp. you hear them a mile away. <laughs> he shot like, it shot up like somebody hit him with rock salt. And when he was up in the air, I mean, he's kind of a shorter guy. When he was up in the, he jumped up when he was in the air. It was like a cartoon. His legs were already kicking 100 miles an hour in the air. And when he hit the ground, he started dancing and spinning and just, you know, just going crazy. Well, when he did it, well, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know a lot about that guy, and I'm glad I didn't. I, I didn't realize he was doing a statue impersonation for 25 years in the church, and he never said amen or anything. But some got a hold of him, and he later told me, he said, I was in that service with a migraine. He said, when you said that, it felt like somebody kicked me. He said, I jumped up. By the time my feet hit the floor, my migraine was gone. And all these years later, he still never had a migraine 20-something years later. But he got up and started dancing. Well, well, people were turning out. Man, people were turning out. Hey, there's this 20-year-old guy out here from East Texas. He's preaching some crazy stuff. He need to come check this out. Amen. So the problem we had is we had spectators. You know, sit there and they just want to go. They would just want to come see if it's real. You know, because there's, you know, fake gods running around in apostolic churches, you know. Say, is that, you got the real Holy Ghost? Is that the real one? No, it's a generic. We couldn't afford the real one. So we got the Equate brand Holy Ghost and gave it to him. It's, this is Sam's choice, Holy Ghost. Okay. <laughs> Acme anointing. Amen. And they're just standing back there. I mean, it's like a bunch of vultures just scowling. I mean, these people drove. 
These people drove over two hours one way to be in this service. And when that guy, and all I said was, if you just begin to worship God, I believe God's going to heal your migraines. You've had boom, he took off. And what, I mean, it just ignited. I mean, it was like lighting off a string of them black cat fireworks. You know, you light up and it's it just went off all over the place. People started jumping up and, and dancing and shouting. The Holy Ghost is falling. People are being slain. All I didn't even pray for anybody. Just falling out everywhere. And I'm kind of thinking, well, I didn't tell them if they would dance, they'd get healed. or they, But they're doing it anyway. And I mean, people started getting healed all over the place. Well, after, so I mean, the power of God, we baptized six, seven people that night. I have pictures of it in my photo album. We were baptized people. We were dunking them left and right. I mean, the Holy Ghost was moved. It was a great revival. And so after the, after the uh, altar service, uh, Bishop Hurst, his, his office was right behind the platform. And so uh, uh, I went off the platform and I went into his office. And I was, I was going to go in there and change clothes. And we was going to go down to uh, Zips down by the bridge. It's my favorite place is a hamburger place zipped by the bridge on the columbia river and they make true hamburgers they got ham on their hamburgers and i'm telling you they're 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 divine and so i was going to change clothes go get some zipped hamburgers with uh, uh, bishop hearst and i walk in the door when i open the door one of the pastors that drove over two hours to see this service was just railing this is false doctrine this is latter rain i mean he was just here's this charismatic and i just i mean i walked in the middle of it and so i just started trying to ease out the door i I mean number one i didn't think i was old enough to hear that conversation like I mean, I, I mean, I wasn't seasoned enough is why I'm not even saying anything you know bad. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't you know like R-rated bad. It was just you know D-rated, you know for doubt. And 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 I just start pushing as e. I mean, I come walking in there, man. I was gliding on there. I was like Michael Jackson moonwalking, and I slid up in there. I said, Oh yeah, look what Jesus did. I'm walking there, and I see that. I went, Oh! I start pulling the door, and I start going backwards. And I mean, I mean, it, it was it was intense. You got to know B.J. Hurst. I mean, he wasn't no little guy, and he had he had a voice that sounded like a cannon. And and I started backing out of that door, and I started sliding out the door. He goes, "Just a minute." And I made sure my soul was right with God at that moment, because I just knew He was going to snatch my soul out of my body. He said, "Just a minute," and I said, "Oh, yes, sir." He said, "Get in here." And I walked in. I mean, the place is still erupting. I mean, it's just like a bomb is going off in there. People are getting the Holy Ghost. People are getting healed. And I shut the door and I stand there. (laughs) Yes, sir. He said, get in here. I walked in there and this this pastor over here, I mean, he's railing. This is latter rain. Bless God. I'm telling you, this is charismatic. And he's just railing. And he said, he said, I almost said his name. He said, brother, tell him what your problem is. And I'm listening. Man, this old preacher, he is wearing me up one side and down the other. I mean, he is just, I'm going to check it out, Siri. And uh, he, I forgot to turn my do not disturb on. Amen. And uh, he's just wearing me out about this and that. This ain't of God. And you better know this. And this is a lot of rain. And he's just chewing me out. Well, I, you know, I'm going to be respectful of my elders. I'm not going to say. And finally, Brother Hersey realized at this point, I'm not going to speak up for myself. He said, well, tell him what your big problem is. He said, my problem is you told that man to dance. I, don't know why. I didn't really tell him. 
I said, I believe if you would, that God would heal you. And he said, hold on just a minute. Man, Brother Hurst, woo. He starts. He opens that door and it's just me and this dude standing there. And I'm just looking at him. I can't even hardly breathe. I'm so scared. All of a sudden, I mean, it felt like eternity was just a few seconds. All of a sudden, he just starts stomping back in. Wham! That door slams behind him. And there's that dude back there. And the guy's still like this. He's just, ooh. I mean, he's shaking. Holy Ghost. He said, brother, do you have a migraine? He said, no, brother. Hurts. I came with one, but I don't have one. God healed. He said, get out. And he literally kind of pushed that guy out the door and he slammed the door. Bam! He said, okay, God's in the healing business, not the devil. Strike one. He said, well, uh, uh, well, all these people are falling out everywhere. That ain't of God. I thought to myself, sucker, you drove two hours to see people get slain in the Holy Ghost and say it ain't of God. But I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> and he said, it ain't of God. And Brother Hurst don't miss a beat. He said, Brother Wisnat, is that in the Bible? I said, is what in the Bible? He said, people being knocked out in the Holy Ghost. Is that in the Bible? And I said, whoa. Oh. Well, I think so. I said, in the book of Revelations, John, the revelator said, when I beheld him, I fell at his feet as dead. Brother Hurst said, yep, looks in the scripture. He quoted, he actually quoted the whole thing. And he said, well, that's in the Bible, brother. And he slams the Bible shut. Anything else? He said, well, I just don't like it. <laughs> he looked at me at that point, And this whole time, I'm telling you, he, was, he had two eyes. His eyes went like this. <laughs> like you never knew if he was looking. You never, you don't, you don't know what the eye to look in. You just look over here. And this one eye is looking over. He got one eye going east and one eye going west. And he, and he's, I mean, he could cover the whole room just looking like this. And he looks at me. And, and I mean, he's been mad at this point. I mean, he is mad. And he looked at me and goes, he goes, well, get out of here. I'll take care of the rest. I said, yes, sir. And I'm telling you, I, I moved out of there like my life depended on it. And I shut the door and I heard his hand hit the desk. Boom. And I just leaned over to the door. He said, you drove all this way to discount a move of God. He said, brother, I'm telling you, that's what's holding your church back from growing. That's what's holding revival back in your church. Quit coming to me whining and belly aching about your church don't want revival. Revival's in this church and you don't even want revival. And I just kept walking out like I didn't hear. I kept moving on down the hall. Amen. I slid on out to my pickup truck and I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. What I'm trying to say is this. You got to watch out for that part of you that'll want to be cynical about every blessing God sends somebody else. About every miracle God gives somebody else. About every time God touches it. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He doesn't look at me and determine whether I'm worthy of the miracle. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He doesn't look at me and say, you've been good enough. You've done enough. He just looks at me and says, my grace will cover the rest. My mercy will overlook the rest. And God will do what God wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. Let me tell you who Jesus is. There ain't nobody like him.
they told, they told Peter and John, they said, by what name or by what power? By what name or what power did this man get healed? Don't ever ask a preacher that. Because if he's a real preacher, he ain't going to sit down and, and go through the seven points of the Roman road. He's going he's to get anointed. And old Simon Peter, the unlearned, unlearned ignorant, short-tempered uh, fisherman jumps up and he says, I'll tell you about what name. I'll tell you about what power. It was the Jesus that you crucified. It was that Jesus. Let me tell you who Jesus is. We did it by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We didn't do this through hoodoo or voodoo or juju or wuju. We did it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And when Jesus, let me tell you about my Jesus. Because when my Jesus touched this lame man he couldn't be lame even if he wanted to because when Jesus touched him all of a sudden all that your religion couldn't do all that your ritualism couldn't do Jesus did it in a moment and by the way neither is there salvation in any other name for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved let me tell you Look at somebody and tell them, let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you what he did for me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I think sometimes we, 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 we do ourselves a disservice trying to find everybody else's miracle. Why don't you think about what God's already done in your life? Let me tell you who Jesus is. I'm glad you know who he is. Amen. But you can't tell my story. Let me tell my story. I said, you can't tell my story. Let me tell my story. I'll tell you who Jesus is. He's the rock of all ages. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the heavenly father. He's the beginning and the end. And much more than this, my friend. He's the son of man and he's coming back. Let me just tell you who he is. He's real. He is real. I'm almost done. He's real. He's alive. In Galatians, Paul writes to the church of Galatia and he says, let me tell you something. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm a little frustrated with y'all. Now I'm paraphrasing here. This is in the TJV, Timothy James Version. He said, I'm a little ticked off at you folks. How soon you begin to drift off with another gospel. How soon you forget. How soon you forget the power of the name and the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ. He said, let me tell you something, though we or another angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel than what we have once delivered unto you, let us be, in other words, what Paul was telling them, let me remind you who Jesus is. He is not a fairy tale. He is not a fictitious person. He is not the middle man in the Trinity and he is not Jehovah Junior. He is not the second in the Godhead. But Jesus Christ is God made manifest in the flesh. 
Let me tell you who Jesus is. It's easy to explain. It's difficult to comprehend. It's easy to tell it, but it takes a revelation to understand it. For flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, Simon Barjona, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, amen, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against that revelation. Jesus Christ is the mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Because Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. He's not the God who was. He's the God who perpetually is. He's not the God that shall be. He's the God that is. He is Jehovah made flesh Colossians tells us he is the image or Hebrews tells us he is the image of the invisible God Colossians says that by him all things were made hold on let me tell you who Jesus is because he's not some mysterious figure of 2,000 years ago archaeology declares he was real But I don't need archaeology. I don't care if they found the golden cup that he supposedly drank from. He's still real. Amen. Sister Olivia, give me Colossians. uh, Give me Colossians chapter 1 and about verse number 15, if you would. I'm going to close it up. But I just need to tell you who my Jesus is. She's fantastic. She's going to find it quick. Give me Colossians chapter 1, and let's go about verse number. I felt it coming from back there. Just Back it up three verses. That would be 12. Give me thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Let me just stop here. People get confused by this father thing. I, I had somebody offended one time because I started praying, Father, I love you. Father in the name of Why do you say father? You're going to confuse people. You don't confuse people that know who Jesus is. I'm praying to his relationship with me. He is my father. I don't deny the son when I say father. And if you believe I deny the personship of the son, then you don't understand the oneness of God. I'm speaking, when I call him the lamb, I'm not denying the salvific uh, effort of him being my high priest. So when, don't skip over. I, say, I hear oneness all the time. They start skipping over these scriptures. They don't want to, they don't want to say father and confuse me. There's nothing confusing about it. He's father and creation, son and redemption, and Holy Ghost and regeneration. There's nothing confusing about that. Matter of fact, that, that brings more power to the revelation. Amen. Somebody, people get confused. Okay, let me say this. Jesus created all things. Right? You got to believe that Jesus is the father. Isaiah 9, 6 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Amen. Talks about that his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. That's who he is. He's the Everlasting Father. I have people say, well, if 
if Jesus and the Father are one, how come Jesus prayed to the Father? Well, for one, by example. But it wasn't like Jesus said, oh, Father, and jumped out of his flesh and went, yes, son. I need you. Okay. What do you need? Give us this day our daily. Okay, look, he's wearing me out. You get the point. I'm not Sister Chrissy. I can't do that for an hour. I think I pulled my sacrogiliac right there. Amen. When Jesus prayed, okay, you've heard this example, but I'm going to give it in because some of you may not have heard it or if you heard it, you've forgotten it. If you heard it and you remember it, you're going to be twice blessed. If I take a bucket down to the ocean over here and I put the bucket in the water and I pull it up, I walk back in here and say, in this bucket contains the Pacific Ocean. I'm telling you the gospel truth. The Pacific Ocean is in that bucket. What would be a lie is if I said, I've got all the Pacific Ocean in this bucket. No, what I have is a fullness of the ocean that can be contained in a five-gallon bucket. But I don't have all the ocean. Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All of God that could fit into a man fit into Christ Jesus. But God did not abdicate his place in heaven. He did not abdicate his place in, uni in the universe when he filled the body of Jesus Christ because he was still as much God in the heavens. He was still as much God in the universe. He was still as much God everywhere he was as he was in Christ Jesus. The only difference between us and Christ is Christ had a fullness and we have a measure. We have the same God in us. No, I'm trying to tell you who Jesus is. Is this all right today? Amen. I come here with a, now I got a degree and I'm preaching something so simple. You're like, come on now. It's something deeper than this. No, this is, I want to tell you who Jesus is. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead body. If you are going to see the Father, you have to see Jesus. So we don't get, what, well, when, G, when Jesus was praying, you know, who was he talking to? Was it an empty heaven up there? No, God. And this is what amazes me. People say they believe in an, in an omniscient God. Get confused on this. And this is where if you believe in the three co-equal, co-eternal gods, this is very confusing. Because when Jesus prayed, he was praying to the Father. But the Father was also in him. If you believe God is everywhere, you have to believe he could be in Christ and in the heavens. And then they always go, well, what about the voice and the dove? Well, what about it? Are you shocked when God moves in Vacaville and Africa? Do we clutch our chest and say, I cannot believe it. God moved in the Philippines last week and he moved in California. No, because he's God. He has no limits. He has no limitations. He's God. He feels all in all. And when I say he feels all in all, he doesn't just feel space. He feels time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up on this. I'm bringing this because I got to tell you who Jesus is. 
You see, God, you can't measure God. He is immeasurable. You can't measure him in pounds, kilograms. You can't measure him in inches, feet, miles, meters. You cannot measure him in, in an atomic scale. You cannot, me- you cannot measure God. It is incomprehensible how vast God is. The Bible said the heavens of heavens couldn't contain him. Matter of fact, the psalmist would write and say the heavens is his throne and the earth is his footstool. In other words, what David was writing is, is your God is so big. Your God is so incredible. Your God is so mighty that you cannot even begin to fathom the vastness of his glory and the vastness of his power. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Your God created everything that has ever been and everything that shall ever be because he feels all in all at the same time. He is here right now and he's in Brazil right now. He's in Brazil and he's in France. He's in France and he's in Canada. He's in Canada and he's in Africa. He's in Africa and he's in China. He's in China and he's in Australia. He's in Australia and he's in New Zealand. He's in New Zealand and he's in Chile. He's in Chile and he's in Italy. He's in Italy. He's in Iran. He's in Iran. Amen. And he's in Russia. He's in Russia and he is all over. He feels all in all. And he's not weakened at any point. Matter of fact, if you were going to try to measure God, you should not use units of measurement. It would be better to try to quantify him in time rather than height. But you can't even measure him there because he's always been. And he will always be. He has no beginning. And he has no ending. Nobody created him, and nobody's going to end him. So hard for our mind to comprehend, our little finite minds. Amen. Our little noodles are baking in our skulls right now trying to figure that out. But your God is so vast, your God is so mighty that he never had a beginning, and he will never have an ending. Amen. The same God that was in Genesis 1 is the same God that's in the end of Revelation, and the same God that is here right now. He has always been. He will always be. He has existed since before time began. He was in existence before the earth was formed and he will be in existence as far as your mind could ever imagine. Because God feels past, present, and future. Now let me tell you who Jesus is. He's not just here right now and he's not just in Africa or any other place in the earth. He's not just here and on Mars but he is both here right now, Brother J.D., and he is still in the Garden of Eden. Now, wait a second. See, you can't, I, it's hard to comprehend. He is with us right now, and he is still at the Red Sea. He's with us right now, and he is still with Daniel in the lion's den. Because God don't move through time. He feels time. Time's just a parade. You ever been to a parade? You only get to see it one little segment at a time. God's like the Goodyear blimp at a thousand feet. He sees it from the beginning to the end. You only see it one little portion at a time. He sees it. He feels it in all of its entirety. 
This is how awesome my God is. He's not only in my present, he's still in my past. And he's already seen my future as if it was a million years ago. This is why the Bible can declare those things that are not, that are not as if they already were. For the God that is, is the God that is already in my future and the God that is still in my past. That's why he's still working all things together for my good. It's because while I have put it behind me, he is still able to adjust in my past and work things out for my future. You think, well, it's it's years ago. God can't do nothing about it now. God is reaching 15 years ago because he's still there and he can work things out years ago to cause it to adjust in your future. God is past, present, and future all at the same time. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Now, for this simple illustration, let's pretend my head is the future, my belt is the present, and my feet are the past. Do I cease from being in any one point? Nope. You may have a hard time believing this, but I'm in my head. I can guarantee you, I'm in my belt. And I'm in my shoes. But to be in my shoes does not mean I cannot be in my head. And to be in my head does not mean I have to vacate the belt. Come here, Brother Garza. I need you to help me. We'll use this beautiful Paul R. Price School of Theology flag. Brother uh, Roberto, if you'll come help him. We're going to use this. This best example I can come up with. I wish we could turn it side, fold it in half. Just fold it up one time. I'm going to be God, and this is a terrible illustration of me being God. All we see is the waste. We see the present. But he's there. We can't see the past, but guess what? Behind the curtain of past, He's there. You can't see the future. All you can see is the present and the past. But guess what? He's still there. Just because you, because you can't see it doesn't mean he is not in that place. We only get to see it one segment at a time. But God is complete through it all. Amen. God is complete through it all. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. He is Elohim. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah has become our salvation. Amen. That's why Paul said, and without debate, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh. Let me tell you who Jesus is. I'm telling you, he's the hope of my future. He's the salvation of my past. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, you serve an awesome God. Put up verse number 12 again, if you would, Sister Olivia, as we close. Colossians 1 and 12. Amen. That's just some good old-fashioned one God teaching, okay? Amen. Sorry, I don't have more notes for you cute or title or anything like that but this is just who God is sometimes I think we just need to get back to the to the meat and taters of it all amen amen go to verse 13 amen 
who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who is that? Jesus. The S is capitalized. Go to verse 14. All right. Now from this point on, who or whom, he, him, or his is referring to one person. Do we know who that is? Who? Say it again. Jesus. So I'm going to read this grammatically correct. I do not take anything from this scripture. I am not invalidating this. I am only going to sound quite redundant in giving to you the personal pronoun of who, whom, he, his, him. Every time I see that, I'm going to insert the name of who they're talking about. Now, this is a trip. Because you're going to find out who Jesus is. In Jesus, we have redemption through Jesus' blood. Even the forgiveness of sin. Keep going with me, sis. Keep going. Verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. Verse 16. For by Jesus were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Verse 17. Amen. And Jesus is before all things. And by Jesus all things consist. Verse 18. And Jesus is the head of the body of the church. Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things, Jesus might have the preeminence. When you call on the name of Jesus, you're not calling on a historical figure. You are not calling on one manifestation of the Godhead, but you are calling on the Father. You are calling on the Son. You are calling on the Holy Ghost because there is no other name. That's why the writer said, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in Jesus' name. That's why the Bible said even the demons believe in one God and they tremble. You want to know why? Because they know the power of that name. That name represents preeminence. That name represents predominance. That name represents hope. That name represents healing. And I want to tell you who your Jesus is. He's a healer. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. We used to sing He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. The living word incarnate, the helpless sinner's friend, the wonderful in wisdom by whom all things were made, the author of redemption, oh glory to his name. It's all in him, it's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead, it's all in him. It's all in him, it's all in him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in him. Stand with me this afternoon. You say, Pastor, I. I don't, I don't really understand maybe the point of this message today well, it was this simple to give you a fresh look at who Jesus is because if you got something happening in your life Jesus can fix whatever's broke in your life whatever that situation is he can turn it around Let me tell you how awesome my God is. I, I'm going to confess something to you I'm embarrassed about. 
I've had people come to me, I'll tell, Pastor, I need you to pray for me tomorrow. I've got an appointment tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Will you be I'm going to pray with you. What time is it? 10 o'clock. Okay, I'm going to pray with you at 10 o'clock. And I, I forget sometimes. I'm embarrassed. I'm human. I, sometimes I forget, Brother Diddy. And, and it'll be like 3 o'clock. And all of a sudden, it'll hit me. Oh, I was supposed to play, pray with Brother Roberto. He had an appointment at 10 o'clock. Now, do I say, oh, man. Well, hope it went well. See, you do if you don't know who Jesus is. But what I've done on many, well, the two times it's ever happened. Here's what I do is at 3 o'clock, I just stop what I'm doing. 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. And I say, oh, God, you know I'm a moron, and I totally forgot. Lord, have pity upon an ignorant person like me. I totally slipped. I totally forgot. I was supposed to pray uh, for Brother Roberto. Amen. And at 10 o'clock, he had that appointment. But here's what I know. You are the God that feels the all in all. And so I need you right now to reach back about seven hours. And I need you to touch that situation right now. And I need you to work it. Oh, God, I need you to heal. I need you to move. I need you to bless. I need you to do what only you can do. Amen. And and, and almost without fail, every time I'll then shoot a message or I'll make a phone call and say hey brother Roberto how did that meeting go at 10 o'clock and he says you know what you're not going to believe this I could feel your prayers at 10 o'clock God moved in that situation and everything worked out the way we wanted it to work out you see God who was already at 3 o'clock when I forgot at 10 o'clock then when I prayed at 3 o'clock because he was still Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.